Good afternoon and welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm recording this in my shop. <laughs> I'm sat in my little shop. Um, hopefully nobody will come in, no customers uh, <clears throat> right now. But um, welcome back to Five Go Off in a Caravan. And we're on chapter 10 already. So here goes chapter 10 a curious change of mind nobby felt very much tempted to go and have a meal up in the hills with the children but he was afraid of meeting lou and his uncle coming back from their walk oh we can easily look out for them and warn you if we see or hear them said dick and you can just flop under a bush and hide till they go past you may be sure we'll be on the lookout for them ourselves because we don't want to meet them either. Um, OK, I'll come, said Nobby. I'll take Barker and Growler too. They'll like to see Timmy. So all five of them, with the two dogs, set off up the hill. They climbed up shortcuts at first, but they were soon panting and decided to take the track, which, although longer, was easier to follow. They all kept a sharp lookout for the two men, but they could see no sign of them. We shall be at our caravan soon, said Julian. Then he heard Timmy barking in the distance. Oh, what's old Tim barking for? I wonder if those fellows have been up and up to our caravans. Huh, good thing we left Timmy on guard, if so, said Dick. We might have missed something if not. Uh, then he went red, remembering that it was N Nobby's uncle he had been talking about. Nobby might feel upset and offended to hear someone speaking as if he thought Tiger Dan would commit a little robbery. But Nobby wasn't at all offended. Ah, don't you worry about what you say about my uncle, he said cheerfully. He's a bad lot, I know that. Anyway, he's not really my uncle, you know. When my mother and father died, they left a little bit of money for me and it turned out that they'd asked Tiger Dan to look after me. So he took the money, called himself me uncle and I've had to be with him ever since. Was he in the same circus then? asked Julian. Oh yes, he and my father were both clowns, said Nobby. Always have been clowns in my family. But wait till I'm old enough and I'll do a bunk. I'll clear off, join another circus where they'll let me look after the horses. I'm mad on horses, but the fellow at our circus won't often let me go near them. Huh, jealous because I can handle them, I suppose. The children gazed at Nobby in wonder. He seemed an extraordinary boy to them, one who walked about with a tame chimpanzee, exercised hordes of performing dogs, lived with the chief clown in the circus, could turn the most marvellous cartwheels, and whose only ambition was to work with horses. What a boy! Dick half envied him. <clears throat> Haven't you ever been to school? he asked Nobby. The boy shook his head. Never. Can't write. And I can only read a bit. Ah, most circus folk are like that, so nobody minds. Jumping, Jiminy, I bet you're all clever. Though, I bet even little Anne can read a book. I've been able to read for years, said Anne. And I'm up to fractions now in numbers. Coo, what's 
fractions, said Nobby, impressed. Well, quarters and halves and seven-eighths and things like that, said Anne. But I'd much rather be able to turn a cartwheel like you can, Nobby, than know how to do fractions. What ever is Timmy barking for? said George as they came near the clump of birch trees. Then she stopped suddenly, for she had seen two figures lying down in the grass below the trees. Lou and Tiger Dan. It was too late for Nobby to hide. The men saw him at once. They got up and waited for the children to come near. George felt thankful that Timmy was within whistling distance. He would come at the first call or whistle she knew. Julian looked at the men. To his surprise, they appeared to be quite amiable. A faint scowl came over Tiger Dan's face when he caught sight of Nobby, but it passed almost at once. Good evening, said Julian curtly. And would have passed on without another word. But Lou stepped up to him. We see your camping up by here, said Lou, and smiled, showing yellow teeth. Aren't you going over the hill? I don't need to discuss my affairs with either you or your friend, said Julian, sounding extremely grown up. You told us to clear out from down below, and we have. What we do now is nothing to do with you. Ha! Huh. Yes, it is, said Tiger Dan, sounding as if he was being polite with great difficulty. We come up here tonight to plan a place for some of our animals, see? And we don't want you to be in any danger. We shan't be, said Julian scornfully, and there is plenty of room on these hills for you and your animals and for us too. You won't scare us off, so don't think it. We shall stay here as long as we want to, and if we want help, there's the farmer and his men quite nearby, to say nothing of our dog. Did you leave that dog on guard? asked Lou, as he heard Timmy barking again. He ought to be destroyed, that dog of yours. He's dangerous. He's only dangerous to rogues and scamps, said George, joining in at once. You keep away from our caravan when Timmy's on guard. He'll maul you if you go near. Lou began to lose his temper. Well, are you going or aren't you, he said. We've told you we want this ear bit of the ill. You can come down and camp by the lake again if you want to. Yes, you come said Tiger Dan to the children's growing astonishment. You come, see, you can bathe in the lake every day. A knobby ear can show you around the camp and you can make friends with all the animals, see. Now it was Nobby's turn to look amazed. Jump in, Jiminy. Didn't you beat me black and blue for making friends with these kids, he demanded. What's the game now? You've never had animals up in the hills before. You've shut up said Tiger Dan in such a fierce voice that all the children were shocked. Lou nudged Dan and he made an effort to appear pleasant again.
We didn't want Nobby to make friends with posh folk like you, he began again. But it seems as if you want to pal up with him, so it's okay with us. You come on down and camp by the lake and Nobby will show you everything in the circus. Can't say fairer than that. You've got other reasons for making all these suggestions, said Junior, Julian scornfully. I'm sorry, but our plans are made and I'm not going to discuss them with you. Come on, said Dick, let's go and find Timmy. He's barking his head off because he can hear us and it won't be long before he comes flying along here. Then we shall find it difficult to keep him off these two fellows. The four children began to move off. Nobby looked doubtfully at his uncle. He didn't know now whether to go with them or not. Lou nudged Dan again. You go if you want to, said Tiger Dan, trying to grin amiably at the surprise Nobby. You keep your fine friends, see? Much good may they do you. The grin vanished into a scowl. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Nobby skipped smartly out of reach of his uncle's hand. He was puzzled and wondered what was behind his uncle's change of mind. He tore after the children. Timmy came to meet them, barking his head off, waving his plumy tail wildly in joy. Good dog, good dog, said George, patting him. You keep on guard beautifully. You know I would have whistled for you if I'd wanted you, didn't you, Timmy? Good dog. I'll get you some supper, said Anne to everyone. We're all famished. We can talk while we eat. George, come and help. Julian, can you go and get some ginger beer? And Dick, do fill up the water bowl for me. The boys winked at one another. They always thought that Anne was very funny when she took command like this and gave her orders. But everybody went obediently to work. Nobby went to help Anne. Together they boiled ten eggs hard in a little saucepan. Then Anne made tomato sandwiches with potted meat and got out the cake the farmer's wife had given them. And then she remembered the raspberry syrup too. <gasps> How lovely! Soon they were all sitting on the rocky ledge, which was still warm, watching the sun go down into the lake. It was a beautiful evening, with the lake as blue as a cornflower and the sky flecked with rosy clouds. They held their hard-boiled eggs in one hand and a piece of bread and butter in the other, munching happily, and there was a, even a dish of salt for everyone to dip their eggs into. Oh, I don't know why, but the meals we have on picnics always taste so much nicer than the ones we have indoors, said George. For instance, even if we had hard-boiled eggs and bread and butter indoors, they wouldn't taste as nice as these. Can everyone eat two eggs, asked Anne. I did two each, and there's plenty of cake and more sandwiches and some plums we picked this morning. Oh! <gasps> Best meal I've ever had in my life, said Nobby, and picked up his second egg. Best company I've ever been in too. Thank you, said Anne, and everyone looked pleased. Nobby might not have their good manners, but he always seemed to say just 
the right thing. Good thing your uncle didn't make you go back with him and Lou, said Dick. Funny business, changing his mind like that. They began to talk about it. Julian was very puzzled indeed and had even begun to wonder if he hadn't better find another camping site and go over the hill. The others raised their voices scornfully. Julian, we're not cowards, we'll jolly well stay here. What, leave now? Why should we? We're in nobody's way. Whatever those men say. I'm not moving my caravan, whatever anyone says. That was George, of course. No, don't you go, said Nobby. Don't you take any notice of Lou and my uncle. They can't do anything to you at all. They're just trying to make trouble for you. Stay and let me show you over the camp, see? Well, it isn't that I want to give in to those fellows' ideas, said Julian. It's just that, well, I'm in charge of us all and I don't like the look of Lou and Tiger Dan and... And well, oh, have another egg and forget about it, said Dick. We're going to stay here in this hollow, however much Dan and Lou want us out of it. And what's more, I'd like to find out why they're so keen to push us off. It seems jolly strange to me. The sun went down in a blaze of orange and red and the lake shimmered with its fiery reflection. Oh, Nobby got up regretfully and Barker and Growler, who had been hobnobbing with Timmy, got up too. I'll have to go, said Nobby. Still got some jobs to do down there. What about you coming down tomorrow to see the animals? You'll like old lady, the elephant. She's a pet. And Pongo will be pleased to see you again. Yeah, your uncle may have changed his mind again by tomorrow and not want us anywhere near the camp, said Dick. Well, I'll signal to you, said Nobby. I'll go out in the boat, see, and wave a hanky, and then you'll know it's all right. Well, so long. I'll be seeing you. Well, why do you think they want them to go back down to the camp? Seems a bit strange, doesn't it? Hmm. Well, maybe tomorrow we will find out when we read chapter... Eleven. But, uh, yeah, it seems very, very weird to me. Um, but maybe it might be safer to do so. Who knows? Well, I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Make sure that you take care and stay safe. Bye for now.